G'day and welcome to the Fronters. I'm XQ, joined today by my partner in crime, Agrid, and our special guest is Sandy Gardner. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. I think we can call you the Queen of Star Citizen? The Master of Marketing? I don't know, what, what's your, what, what would you call yourself if you had to give yourself a title in regards to Star Citizen? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. That's a... The I mother. The mother of Star Citizen. Based Sassu. on what you were just saying yeah. about it, Star Citizen being your third child, you must yes. be the mother of Star Citizen. Mm. <laughs> you were just saying that before the yeah. show. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so I, I agree true. with that one, Agrid. So yeah. Um, yeah, so um, we're basically going to talk to Sandy today about the whole beginning of Star Citizen, where it came from, um, you know, and, and just get it to give the whole story. And yeah, and we thought that'd be kind of cool because there's a lot of people that haven't, really heard from you in a long time since you kind of stepped back from um cig so we thought that would be a good place to start so um and, and there's lots of people who have joined the game even since you know since that time so they have no idea who you are yeah and then there are people like me who joined you know 2014 so we kind of i kind of you know got to know you but i still don't know the real early stuff so, so yeah at least not from your mouth so, so, so maybe give us just a little bit of background, like who are you and um, what's your title, Star Citizen, a bit of your background, where you're from, things like that, just real basic things. Sure. Um, so my name is Sandy Gardner, but um, I changed to Sandy Roberts when I married Chris Roberts, who is the creator of Star Citizen. Um, I am from Australia, was born in Adelaide. and. I have always had a love for marketing, mm -hmm. just marketing anything and everything. Um, so real estate, fashion, all kinds of, I mean, to me, marketing is marketing. It's connecting now, to people. Um, yep, go ahead. What? I I'd heard that um, early on, you, you actually were involved in um, marketing for fashion fashion weekend in australia or in mm. south australia or, or places like that is that actually true or is that just a, a, a an urban myth no i did have a swimwear label it was called fish designs um it was like two-piece swimwear mm. um and my partner she's still in fashion uh, i think she does australian fashion week and mm. paris and new york and all that sort of stuff so a lot of my girlfriends from australia stayed in fashion I got a quick, um, quick question then. Is there any Australian mannerisms or slang or anything that has rubbed off on the family that you can say that has carried over? That, I don't know. I'm just curious. Uh, I think it's the Tim Tams. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's a big one. And I think um, nobody takes themselves too seriously in the house. Mm. Uh, although my little one, she doesn't like jokes very much she doesn't find anything very funny mm. my older one can take a joke and chris can take a joke but mm. i can too but my little one just gets very offended maybe he gets um, everyone piling on i don't know so, <laughs> so the other the other question about that is you know if you've got the tim tams which everyone likes but the maltese is still your private stash <laughs> oh yeah those are good too but but don't they have aren't those from england Not i, Australian, think, I right? think they originally are from england but Albert's actually like from England, so that's probably why, uh, <laughs> why yeah. he thinks they're Australian, because his parents are yeah. actually English, so yeah. Anyway, you, you, you were saying more about your background, so yep. yeah, we so, went all onto that tangent. Um, marketing, I think, is, is marketing. You can, if 
you can market anything. It's the same principles and the same concepts apply, um, connecting to the audience. Um, and even though I don't have a very big background in gaming per se, um, I am married to a very big gamer. <laughs> and so I understand how he thinks and um, what he likes, what he doesn't like uh, in games because every video game Mm. is in our house mm. uh he tries all of them so so i think i'll go a bit further back to the beginning but as we come through there you can i'd like you to share where you pu pulled in what you know about marketing into that but can we go right back to the start and literally like the day chris said to you i've got this idea or i've got this game that i want to make like how did that happen how did he say to you i want to do this um, it was actually a bit of a gradual process until he actually started making the prototype. So that was about, mm, I mean, when I really knew about it was in the start of 2012. Hmm. Because I kind of let him. Did it, have a, did it have a code name or something? Or, or when did the name come in? Like, when did he go, oh, I'm going to call uh, it this? Star Traders, it was. <laughs> right. Star Traders. Um... So if it was more like pitching, he was always pitching it like you're the hand solo of the universe. You can trade, you can be a mercenary, you can be a bounty hunter. So that was always the kind of feeling in this big open world. When did it change to Star Citizen? Like who who came up with that name? Was that him or it just changed? Uh, I think that was me and him. Uh, it was like the night before or two nights before. <laughs> Last minute. <laughs> It was last minute. We had no name for the game until literally last minute. We were going around with like um, Ortwin and Turbulent and, and Ben Lesnick. And we were just like, oh my gosh, what are you going to call this thing? Oh, Dave Haddock as well. We're like, what ideas do you have? And we had some mm. really bad ones thrown out there. And then um, Chris and I both liked Star Citizen. Mm. I think in the beginning, what was really special was Chris and I were always on the same page that made marketing uh, Star Citizen in the beginning easy for me to have your partner be on the same page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was just going to ask, did, did Squadron 42 come first or Star Citizen? So the single player uh, or the multiplayer? No, the multiplayer came first. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But he always wanted the single player within that world. Yep. So, uh, but I think in his brain, the actual excitement of what I saw was um, Star Citizen, him programming Star Citizen. And I remember we were having lunch and he was like, I, I can feel it. I think this has really got this aim. Um, it's the game I've always wanted to make. Mm. And I was pretty, you know, okay, great. Thank, you know, I wasn't uh, mm. too involved at that point, but I did... When he pitched it to me, I was like, yeah, that does sound really cool. I'd like to play that. So, so there was never a moment where he said, honey, I, 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 I'm no longer producing films. I'm going to do this game. And it was like, oh, crap, what's happening here? <laughs> it was uh, never like, it was just kind of grew, didn't it? It just sort of slowly grew. He um, hadn't been doing movies for about, I want to say two or three years, but he he hadn't actually started programming Star Traders. He was doing a different 
deal of video games and it evolved into that there was a whole point where he was going to go with ea and sort of be more like a i guess developer for hire mm. rather than do his own thing yeah. um i do remember kicking him in the pants a little bit um because you know i just had two two children mm. they were small at the time and i'm like ah oh, no you're not going to work for EA. That's not happening. I said, and he uh, pitched Star Traders. And I said, right, we're going to do this ourselves. If it sucks, then you can go and work for EA. <laughs> but let's. So you, so you on. really were the person that kind of pushed him into the Kickstarter and stuff like that. Or, or, or like it was that separate was, to Kickstarter? I think it was, um, well, I didn't, I wanted to be on our own platform and Chris also wanted to be on our own platform. We just weren't sure, you know, back then, um, going outside of Kickstarter was a bit risky. Mm. Um, uh, I, I could imagine even going outside of a publisher because I'd say a publisher would have been a safety net, wouldn't it? It was kind of... You get them on board and you know you're going to have the game published and, and other stuff. But if you're doing it yourself, you go indie, it's a bit, of, bit more of a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it was all... Um, I mean, Chris had been following um, Double Fine when they did a Kickstarter. I think they raised like $4 million. He'd also been following Minecraft and he'd just been following the movement of um, video games doing Kickstarter and getting funded that way. And also, um, uh, uh Brian Fargo mm. did one. Um, so there was a movement of people doing it. Um, mm -hmm. and I kind of reluctantly came on board. I always thought it was a really good idea, but I did have two small children under the age of two at the time. I'm not going to, I just want to show something real quick. I'm not going to show this on, on, on video, but can you see that? <laughs> Huh? That's my original Kickstarter pledge, and it still oh, wow. ha still haven't received it. <laughs> Wait, anyway. what? Well, well, uh, well. Uh, they actually they actually ask you if you've actually received it, and you're meant to tick this thing called um, you've received it. And um, I don't know. I don't know if I've received it or not because the game's not released, so I've just oh. haven't ticked it ever. Um, <laughs> so I've just got it there, sitting there since way back when. He's doing that, you know, complaining about his kickstart. That's yeah. what he's really doing. Hilarious. It's all good. It's interesting. I, you were saying that you had the two small children, because I, I was saying execute. One of the things I could imagine early on when, you know, if Chris said, hey, honey, I've got this new game, you were like, hey, you know, I could imagine that, fit, that concern factor of, hey, we've got this young family. Mm. We've got to make sure we're, we're doing things right. So, um but the other way, Algrid, is like, did you know what you were getting yourself in for? Like, <laughs> if you kind of sit there now, surely you must go, this has got way bigger than I thought it was ever going to get. Like, the record for Kickstarter was 56 mil, and we're about to hit 500. Like, does it mm. kind of blow your mind a bit that it went this big? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think my, what I popped a lot of flack for was I didn't understand um the development side and because chris and i were so uh like integrated like the community it was open mm. development um 
you know, and so when the community were so upset about delays or whatever, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know I'd never been in mm. like software development. Sure. I'd been in real estate, which takes time, you know, in terms of construction or fashion can also have delays with manufacturing, mm. but it's nothing like making a video game. Yeah. Uh, game development's almost akin to R and D and, and, and you are always making your best guess. And that, that's something when me and Algrid are talking to people, like a lot of people just don't get because they're used to like, you know, that call of duty that comes out every year or they just want their game. They don't want excuses. And yeah, so I, I can understand yeah. all those frustrations along the way that have happened. Um, yeah, I think it was hard for me too, because I don't like to promise things that I don't deliver. Like yeah. I will deliver what I say I'm going to deliver. That's kind of how I you know it's just who i am so mm. it's frustrating to i don't understand how to make a game i, I couldn't make it I, I can't program i can't you know in all the yeah. other things i've marketed i know how to call out problems in the manufacturing or even in real estate i knew how to call out problems i wonder um, now was it your idea to sell the ships whose idea was that because that's like the golden formula let's be honest to, to why this has probably been so successful do you know I, who came I up with that i don't think we really came up with that per se because it we actually were shocked we just didn't think of it um that everybody wanted all the ships mm. we just we we like honestly did not think that people would wanted to be a bounty hunter and like all the levels mm. yeah a bounty hunter an explorer fighter um i just i don't know if you know this person but have you met algrid he he owns <laughs> all of them um as, as i know no, no, you know because no, he's not told anymore. me not anymore he's not told me all the times you've told him not to stop <laughs> um so yeah yes. yeah i just it's um that wasn't it's it's hard to describe it is mm. so all-encompassing starting a kickstarter pro type project mm. that you just can't think of everything and you make mistakes and some turn out to be like fortunate and i think that was the ship one yeah uh, mm. and some don't work out so well and so you just keep going so, so Kickstarter ends. So a really common misconception that I think you could probably clear up for people is every time you look at something in the media, they'll go, this game's in, been in development for 10 years. To your recollection, when do you think development actually really started? Because I know how few people you were the next day after Kickstarter. How long did it really kind of take to get you guys to get stuff, the, the ball rolling essentially? I mean, you know, if you consider, if you call just Chris development, that's one, you know, that's yeah. one timeline. If you call a handful of people development for for a game as big as Star Citizen, you know, I don't know if that really aligns. I think the mm. actual real alignment of what we're developing today didn't really start until we had the UK office. Yeah. And what, because before what that, year was that? Just, just so for people that are I think unaware. It was, uh, I want to say 2015. Yeah, I think so, it was around 2015. Yeah, so my, my recollection, I thought it kind of kicked off when Frankfurt came in. And I think they were 2014. 
I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah like around the yeah. end, like the end of 2014, the start mm. of 2015. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was my recollection of when uh, UK Office came online as well. Mm. They, they it's kind of the end of 2014, beginning of 2015. And I um and I think that was like three to four hundred people somewhere in there. So. Um, what, one thing me and Algrado often talk about is um, if you look at a game like Grand Theft Auto, they actually had 1,400 people working on that for nine years. Um, and they... <laughs> dwarfs. Uh, uh, Sarsism hasn't even hit half. I think we were about halfway on that now. About, would you say, 750 earlier? So that's literally halfway yeah. of what they've got. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just crazy to think... Um, the press don't give this game any slack at all. They seem to uh, like piling on a bit too much from my taste. But yeah. Well, uh, I think it's 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 also very difficult to do thing to run things at the same time. So because for pretty much every other game, you're behind closed doors. Mm, that's true. So, and you only ever we only ever see those games when they go into like the last yeah. stage of alpha or or, or yeah. beta, don't you? It's, we're right, seeing it right from the start. Yeah, and because you guys are mainly working on um, Squadron Forty Two, we're literally only seeing the tip of the iceberg. And so when people say it's oh it's so slow, but that's because you kind of almost getting hand me downs for um, Star Citizen. But Squadron Forty Two mm. is getting closer and closer, and you we can see that through things that are happening um, through through the development process. So I, I don't think Star Citizen, oh, sorry, Squadron Forty Two is too far away now, but. Um, um, so that's like around 2014. Um, when, when did you, how much, you were there a couple more years after that, weren't you? 2016, 2017, I think you backed away? Uh, I officially ended in May of 2019, mm -hmm. but I was less and less, um, there between, yeah, sort of, yeah, 2018, 19, I had, I, I sort of started to peter out my involvement it was that your choice or you just felt in i don't know what was it your choice to back uh, out or yeah i mean it's interesting because i never thought i would i had said to chris i'll help you out because what happened was he took me to the marketing meetings that he was going to hire marketing people to help him mm -hmm. and so i went to the meetings and i was like oh this isn't gonna work mm. And I thought to myself, well, if we're going to take this kind of risk, then I'm going to do it. Because if I fail, mm. then I'll just have to be upset with myself and I can live with that. Yeah. But I can't yeah. live with Someone leaving. The... Yeah. yeah. And you were, you were in it, essentially what you're saying is you were in it with Chris. Like, and I can see that by what, you're, what you said earlier. So, yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I said to him, listen, I'll help you out for, you know, six months to a year to get to get this thing funded. Yep. So let's see, that was that was twenty twelve. <laughs> so I'll help you out for six months to a year and you kinda of left in twenty nineteen. That's like five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well we did we interviewed marketing people in twenty fifteen mm -hmm. and fourteen. And it just wasn't they had no clue what mm. we were doing were they so were, were they gameplay marketing people or what, what's over all yeah gamers mm. they're all from video game background so, so marketing. traditional marketing people that didn't get the passion element of it okay that's interesting it just it um they did not 
and the speed. There is a mm. certain sense of speed that I don't think traditional marketing people are used to. Mm. Um, because when you're open to the community 24 seven, there's always something going wrong mm. and it's stressful. The, the community always have their pitchforks out, don't they? At some yeah, point. Yeah, it's stressful. So how long did it really take you to find the right people to to kind of take over for you, I guess is the word I was use. Uh yeah, like seven years. And, and and did you did you know it as soon as he walked in he or she walked in the door? Like and they they just got it? Yeah. Or, or did it take yeah. time for that person to know? Well, no, what really happened was we needed to get the company to a certain level for people to understand what was happening. Oh, right. And also for me to have done what I do long enough that people can see what I'm doing. Because there was so much skepticism, even within the company, not so mm -hmm. much from Chris, but as the company grew, people were just like, what is she doing? What, what is, yeah. what is, <laughs> what is going on? Um, so once we got that more into a cadence where it's traditional, mm -hmm. and, you know, then you lose, a, like you said, you lose a bit of the heart and passion, which I mm -hmm. love the front end, but mm. most staff that you have at the front end of a startup, you don't have at the back end when you're yeah. delivering well, you've, because it's different, different you, people. Yeah, exactly. Like you've lost Ben and stuff like that. And Ben was super passionate, like, and he still is. And, um, we, we've talked about him a couple of times, haven't we, Agrid? Like he, mm. he just, he was a fan that just embraced the hell out of this game. Do, do you, I assume you still talk and communicate with Ben? Yeah. Yeah. He just had his birthday. I mean, we were so, I mean, I would call him it's 24 seven. Mm. There is literally no break. There was no break in the beginning. I mean, mm. I remember Christmas day one time I just was talking about it in Montreal because uh, it was with John Erskine. And um, I thought, oh, it's Christmas Day. Nothing's going to happen on Christmas Day. I'm just going to chill. I was like lying back, relaxing, taking a nap. My phone's going off the hook. I like pick up the phone and Jared's like, quick, quick. What, what's John Erskine's cell phone number? Look at his Twitter. And I guess his two-year-old toddler had published like a list of backers with some detail, like personal details and stuff and tweeted it. Thank God nobody had seen it, but mm. you know, we're like, John, what are you, you know, we're like calling him. It's Christmas day. Right. Mm. So, yeah, uh, almost course. impossible to get a hold of people on Christmas day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But just those kinds of things happening where you're just like, oh my gosh, I remember one time I was doing customer service and I, I was holding one baby and my other one was crawling around the floor and I was on, um, the forums and my guy my younger older daughter she like typed in some gibberish into the thing <laughs> and so then all the all the all the backers were trying to figure out what the code like you know and they 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 did this picture of like a bunch of cats like drinking milk and i'm just like oh my god i didn't have the heart to tell them that my daughter <laughs> got on there and just typed some you know uh, the sky code the, we'll have to remember that one sky code. hopefully yeah, that's code. in the doc docker no, no, that comes that, out yeah. at the skynet isn't it or skynet yeah there you go that's a good one yeah, yeah. skynet so, um but yeah so i thought i was just going to help him out um but then it 
snowballed and I really got into the community. I really, it was really fun. I mean, I remember mm. saying to Chris, because I, I said, ah, oh, what games am I going to research? How am I going to connect to this community? What am I going to, you know, cause I really wanted it to be about the community mm. and do open development and everything. So I, I had emailed quite a few games on customer service for help. No response. <laughs> I went to Chris and I said, what's up with video game customer service? I can't get anybody to respond like mm -hmm. for weeks. And he said, oh yeah, yeah. It's everybody knows that, you know, uh, customer service in video games sucks. Mm -hmm. um, it's worse than AT&T. And I said, well, why does anybody do anything about that? And Chris was like, I don't know what, you know, he just, just dismissed it because for him, that's how it always is for gamers. Um, so I said to him, no, I really want to create something where the um, service is more personalized. And yeah. I, I want the gamers to be heard. I want to have a community where we can all talk to each other and they have more access to how a video game is actually made. And I mean... So, uh, yeah, in the beginning, Concierge was under the radar. Who was it? Basically, it was I Chelsea and... Um... Chelsea and Alexis. Yeah, Alexis. Alexis. Yeah. It was fun. Those days were really fun. Yeah. And they were really, uh, really good at it. Like, I, oh. I remember them fondly. So, yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, older backers and, and, you know, Batgirl and, and Execute and myself and... And others, you know, we look back on those days as those halcyon days, those, those mm -hmm. wonderful days of uh, that real close-knit community. And it, it's a frustration in terms of the, the community growing so big, isn't it? it just, mm -hmm. It's just impossible to keep that, that same almost family feel, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I remember even on the first Thanksgiving where I actually gave out my personal email mm -hmm. on, a, on a live stream at the end. I got 2,000 customer <laughs> service tickets. So oh, I'm sorry. I was probably one of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I answered them all over the, the Thanksgiving holiday break. But um, so, yeah, concierge, I, I said, Chris, I'm going to do something where people get special service. And my idea for concierge was that it, you would eventually have it in-game. Yep. Um, I can tell you now. Agrid could talk your brain off about um, oh, what's it called, Agrid? That club, the Million Mile High Club. That one. Club. Yeah, he's got so many questions about that. It's not funny. So, well, I think players still want the, the concierge players still want the uh, chairman's club to be open mm. rather than just his door that's shut. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. so they definitely got the... got those locations in game. So that that will hopefully definitely become a thing mm. in the end. Yeah. And that's been part one of our interview with uh, Sandy Roberts. You can look forward to part two up there. It'll look like that thumbnail coming out soon. Uh, in that one, we talked to her about more generalised Star Citizen questions, where this one was obviously more about the uh, history of Star Citizen. If you do like this video, don't forget to like, subscribe and hit that bell. Uh, it really does feed the algorithm. And as most people will know, uh, algorithm is everything on YouTube these days. If you really like what we do, uh, hit us up on Patreon. Uh, it does help us uh, keep our content uh, fresh and new and new equipment. 
Don't forget, leave a comment in below. We do read every single comment. If you have a question for Sandy about some of the things she's mentioned or talked about, ask the question there. She may um, come back and answer some of those questions for you. Anyway, on that note, that's been Execute. He's been our good. And we'll catch and you in the next one. Take care.